maroon and bold! Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Maroon and Bold podcast brought to you by Central Michigan Life. I'm sports editor Christian Boer. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk men's and women's basketball, football, wrestling, and gymnastics as we try to cover everything going on right now within the CMU Athletic Department. Currently, the Chippewas are struggling in both men's and women's basketball. They've dealt with some roster attrition in football. The wrestling team's on a hot streak, and the gymnastics team just picked up its first win of the season. So a lot to dive into when it comes to Chippewa athletics. And as always, if you're looking for our written content, you can find it if you head on over to cm-life.com. And without any further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm sports editor Christian Boer, and today I have our women's basketball beat reporter, Mr. Sean Chase, as part of our first episode of the semester. Sean, how are you? How's school going? Not bad. It's getting busy, but how are you? Good, good, man. Look, you're you're inheriting a beat that I've covered for two years now, and um, there's a little bit different now that um, obviously it's not because of the change in the guard, but Central Michigan's women's basketball team has been a powerhouse in the Mid-American Conference. I mean, you're talking about last season winning the MAC tournament the year before. They won the MAC regular season title. Um, a bunch of MAC regular season and tournament titles mixed in within the last decade. Um, but now they're just not feeling it. Sean, what can you tell us about the women's basketball team's struggles? Well, first, they're losing players to the transfer portal midseason. They lost Rachel Luby. I always mess up her name. Mary. Maryama. Mary Turkstra. And then Sydney Graber just hit the portal as well. Leaves them with nine players. They lost Jahari Smith for one game due to COVID-19. But they're in, they're hitting their stride with nine people. It's they're actually hitting jump shots, which throughout the first 14 games of the season was not happening. Right, and you know, I think it's very interesting because last season when they went on that run and won the MAC tournament, they only had eight players available, right? Um, so maybe it's just something about that narrowed-down bench, that narrowed-down group where I think it's a little bit of, you know, twofold, where the coach understands, hey, this is all I have to substitute, right? I can't think about a rotation anymore. I have to play everybody. And the players are like, okay, I'm going into this game. I'm knowing I'm going to play. Why not just go out there and leave it on the floor? There's no looking over your shoulder or anything like that, um, which can kind of be the case when you're in a you know an eight person rotation with twelve girls like they or women excuse me like they have. Um, they, I guess, really just kind of looking at the schedule. I mean, do you think there's an area where they can turn this thing around? We're getting to the point where they're playing the back end of the schedule. They've already faced all these teams once. The only one they picked up was NIU. There are teams I think they could beat. I think they could beat Bowling Green, State University. I think they can beat NIU again. But then there's teams like Ohio, who's got their leading scorer of all time mm-hmm. over there. You got teams like Ball State, who can shoot the lights out. Like, something's going to have to click if it's going to be that way. Yeah, and, you know, the kind of where we'll wrap this, this segment up, just offensively. You know, Heather Osterley, now that in her third year as head coach, has made a living on offense. She's told us... She wants to score 80 points a game. That's not happening this year. Do you think it's, you know, maybe because the rotation's kind of dominated by underclassmen right now? Or I guess, where's an area where that offense you feel is capable of improving and and getting back on track? I think it's the underclassmen. You got two on the wings who can shoot, but, like, Hannah Knoll hasn't found her jump shot yet. 
Tiana Tempe's putting shooting lights out everywhere mm-hmm. they go. She has increased, but they also got to find production from Anika Weeks. Those close range rebounds, offensive rebounds that should turn into layups aren't happening. You're not going to run the score up on people if you're not getting it inside. Yeah, no doubt the women's basketball team scheduled to have two games this week. Sean, while you're here, wanted to talk a little football with you. You talk, you covered some football for us. Um, you know, obviously they finished the season the way they did. Great victory down in the Sun Bowl. Um, just kind of looking at that roster, obviously the Chippewas have had a handful of guys that like to spend next season elsewhere through the transfer portal. Um, but the two big ones are Troy Brown and Devonnie Reed, two huge defensive pieces. Just wanted to get your, your input on those two guys and, you know, I guess what the future may hold for the Chippewas. I feel like losing Troy Brown and Devonnie Reed is a big loss for the team because I felt like Troy Brown, I only covered the team for five games. Mm-hmm. Granted, they didn't lose any during that stretch. Seems like yes, it might be the, the the crucial piece to the machine. That's hilarious. I feel like Troy Brown losing that, leaving that defense hurts them in, as far as leadership. Yes. He's everywhere for them. He really brings people together and lifts them up. But the team's also bringing in some freshmen that, hey, anything's possible. Yep. No doubt. Um, that's funny because they were unbeaten in games I covered, too, my first year covering football until the MAC title game. Um, but that was... No, that this this past year's team was a lot of fun, and they're bringing a lot of pieces back, especially on offense, and it should be very interesting to see where they go. But, hey, Sean, thanks for stopping by and joining us and talking a little hoops. Uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right, welcome back to Maroon and Bold. I'm sports editor Christian Bourne. Today we welcome on wrestling beat reporter Megan Youngblood. Megan, I want to start with last weekend the Chippewa Challenge, because it sounds like it was a pretty special day in the wrestling program. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, Tom Borelli, CMU's coach, had three of his protégés, I guess you could say, come back, um, and his son. So Jason Borelli, Luke Smith, and Scotty Sentes were here for Campbell. I forget the other two teams. American and Cal State Bakersfield? Yeah, Cal State Bakersfield, that's one. And it was a good weekend for CMU. They came out 3-0 with the win and got the Chippewa Challenge trophy. But it was just such a good atmosphere. You Mm -hmm. could see it on everyone's face. Tom was smiling the whole time. And he was just like, he just looked happy to be there. And I mean, of course he's winning, but it was definitely a different atmosphere. And he even said it was like a homecoming for them. Well, I think that too with that, um, they have this whole Borelli belt thing within the wrestling program, and to kind of see that manifest itself in other programs now, I think has got to be pretty special for him. Yeah, it definitely was, and he even talked about how he just feels a sense of pride that he's kind of guided them on this path, and that he's seeing them excel in their programs, and it just makes him feel good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so since then, they've been on quite the hot streak. They are. Um, they have seven straight wins, I believe. That's incredible. Um, the Sunday, they had two wins over, I think, Southern Illinois University Evansville. I believe that's the acronym for SIUE. Yeah. And then uh, South Dakota State. Yeah. Um, just what were some things that stood out to you from those performances? Um, Matt Stencil recorded a pin. It was his eighth pin of the season. And he didn't get a pin in his last one, but he still got the major decision. Mm-hmm. So just doing what he does best. Uh, Brock Brett, Bergerlin? Bergerlin? Bergerlin. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he recorded a pin to get this uh, Chippewa started off on their second meet, and I just think they were so determined this weekend. It was just, I mean, they have a lot of momentum from Friday beating NIU, and then it's just, I think they just have momentum rolling and rolling, and it's just 
hopefully it keeps going. Yep, and, you know, now Missouri, uh, who had won, I believe, like 12 of the last 13 Mid-American Conference Wrestling titles, they're not in the MAC anymore. And with this start, you have to believe that Central Michigan is the presumptive favorite to win the MAC. Oh, yeah. Um, just kind of, what are your thoughts? Like, is that something that can be accomplished this year? Like, do you think they have the team to do it? I definitely think they do. I mean, their wrestlers are, like, I want to say, like, amazing. Like, they have Dresden Simon, who is... I believe only lost like three times this season. Matt Stenslow, I'm pretty sure, is undefeated this season. And like they have three, I want to say, nationally ranked wrestlers. And they've taken down nationally ranked wrestlers that with wrestlers that aren't. And I just think they have the determination, they have the motivation, and they're very focused right now. And I'm so <laughs> it doesn't get to their heads a little bit. Yeah, no, that that is a very valid thing. <laughs> um, you know, everybody talks about Stencil and Simon, but... Maybe who's one person under the radar who's kind of caught your eye this season and has uh, performed really well? Aaron Bolo. I, he's done really good this so far this season. Um, I want to say he's won his last, like, three out of his four, and it's just um, impressive to see. And also Corbin Munson, he is nationally ranked, so he's doing pretty well. Brock Berglund, like I said earlier, has – I don't think he's lost his last couple. And then Johnny Lovett is pretty much on fire too. Yep. And just kind of to wrap it all up, I mean, moving forward, do you think this hot streak is something they can sustain um, as they kind of get more into conference play? I think they can, yeah. I think their wrestlers are very focused, and, I mean, Borelli's going to keep them, keep them focused and try to keep their minds just on everything. And, I mean, there's, really, there's no stopping, I think, with the combination of Stencil and Simon. And the team, I know, is very motivating to everyone around them. And I think even if someone does fall behind that they have – people who will step up besides Borelli and the coaching staff. And I think that's the biggest thing is the team is the biggest motivator because you always hear them on the sidelines. And mm -hmm. I hear them more than Borelli sometimes just like telling them what to do, how to do it. And I think that's the biggest thing that's keeping them going is that they're together and they're in this all as one. Perfect. Thanks so much, Megan, against Central Michigan Wrestling. And you can find coverage of that at CMI. All right, for our next segment on the Maroon and Bold podcast, we welcome on one of the newest members to our sports desk, Mr. Ryan Caloris. Ryan is a junior here at Central Michigan. He just switched his major over to journalism. It's his first semester here at CM Life. Ryan, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. All right, so like you said, I'm Ryan. Um, so I've been, I've actually, I grew up in Mount Pleasant. So, uh, so I've been watching CMU athletics pretty much all my life. And, uh, and, yeah, I, I'm really excited to get started and to uh, start talking sports with you guys. Yeah, I know Ryan's been killing it on our gymnastics beat this semester. He's jumped right in and kind of taking it head on. Ryan, as you watch the first couple of meets that they've had, what's stuck out to you? Um, I think, so, so the biggest thing that stuck out to me is uh, some of the individual performances, um, namely uh, Hannah Demers, who was... Um, Pretty much the highest expectations of returning uh, gymnasts. She uh, she started off the season really hot, and then beyond that, um, I think they've gotten some pretty good comp or some pretty good uh, contributions from some of their younger uh, younger gymnasts who are either uh, freshmen or are, are just new to the collegiate gymnastics scene. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned kind of the newcomers. Who are a couple that have maybe caught your eye? Um, so. Quinn Skrupa is one uh, freshman who has regularly competed up to this point. Um, she's mostly done vault and, uh, and beam. 
And then another one is uh, Alessia Calavanova, who she's a junior, but she's um, she's new to the collegiate gymnastics scene like we were talking about. So uh, so she's done pretty well so far. Yeah, that's good. And they uh, just picked up their first win of the season against Bowling Green. What did you see in that meet that you liked? Yeah, so, um, so like you said, their first win of the season. Um, I think up to this point in the season uh, – it's it's been kind of rough as far as like the schedule goes. You know they started off the season uh, against Illinois, which welcoming in a Power Five opponent is going to be tough mm-hmm. anytime. And then they went up against the reigning championship and or the reigning MAC champions for gymnastics at Eastern. Um, so I think their schedule is kind of like just now getting into like just just the regular flow mm-hmm. of like schedule. So. Um, but yeah, they they performed quite well in that uh, meet against Bowling Green. A lot of it was uh, taking advantage of, of just a, a worse team overall. Yeah. Um, Bowling Green has struggled so far, and and their performance just wasn't quite up to uh, to where I saw CMU. But um, but yeah, I think that was big on just kind of taking advantage yeah. of the uh, opportunity they had. Yeah, um, and then looking ahead. This weekend, upcoming, they travel to Muncie, Indiana, taking on another conference opponent in Ball State. What are you looking for in that meet as the Chippewas try to get their record back to 500? Um, I, I think the most important thing for uh, gymnastics to focus on is um, kind of just depth as far as, like, the entire lineup for rotations. Because a lot of times they'll have a lot of, like, high-end, like, good performances at the top. But then um, as you go down, it'll, it'll kind of fizzle out a little yeah. bit. So I think a big thing is uh, just kind of regularly getting those, those scores yeah. in individual events that are uh, like, you know, 9-7 up and, and kind of just being able to fill out the lineup and, and being able to compete in that way. No, no, makes sense. Hey, you can follow along with Ryan's coverage all season at cm-life.com and on Twitter at Ryan Caloris. That's... R-Y-A-N-C-O-L-O-R-E-S. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much for hopping on. First time with us on Maroon and Bold, but we'll be hearing from him all semester. Ryan, go ahead and sign yourself off. It was great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right, our last segment on this week's edition of Maroon and Bold, we're going to talk men's basketball with our beat reporter Ashley Berkness. Ashley, I'm curious if you picked up any new hobbies over the last two weeks since the men's basketball team hasn't been playing. You know, I've binge-watched a lot of TV. That's about it. Yeah. Um, the, for those of you who might not be updated, Central Michigan's men's basketball team has been in kind of a lengthy COVID pause. Um, they've dealt with roster issues pretty much the whole season oh, yeah. due to various injuries and, and illnesses, but they kind of took a big hit. This past week, when point guard Jermaine Jackson announced he's basically withdrawing from school and headed to the pros, um, Ashley, how big of a loss is that? It's. I think it's a huge loss. You know, he was part of that like five that they when they finally finally found like those five that like clicked mm-hmm. that produce on both ends of the the court. So he is part of that one of like the five, and he was a big part too. You know, he's leading scorer. So. I think they have some adjusting to do. Yep, and and with him being gone, you know, one of the storylines at the beginning of the year was kind of this mentorship where Jermaine Jackson's a fifth-year guy. He's played a lot of college basketball. They have the freshman Kevin Miller, who's, you know, obviously brand new to college basketball. 
And so what Coach Tony Barbie kind of wanted was for those two to kind of lean on each other. Well, now Jackson's gone, and Kevin Miller's basically the de facto starting point guard. I mean, he's probably going to play somewhere between 25 and 35 minutes a game every single night. I mean, what does this do for his development? I think it's going to shine a bright light on him. I think he's going to – I think he knows that he's kind of, like, got to step up, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to show, show a lot of positive things for the team. Well, since we've been on a break and we don't really have any games to talk about, let's kind of just – throw out some superlatives here through the first half of the season or, or somewhat half of the season. I mean, in your opinion, who's been the best player for Central Michigan men's basketball so far this season? So on, like, I think aggressiveness, I think Oscar Lopez, he, I think when they, like, need something, he produces. Mm-hmm. When they're down and he kind of, like, sparks that momentum for the team. Yeah, um, Oscar Lopez obviously transferred from DePaul. Yeah. Um, he's played really well. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup recently, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going forward, what is one thing, you know, obviously the the MAC, I guess, you know, looking at the standings, they are tied for ninth place. So the MAC tournament is not really a long shot. Um, if they can get this thing back on the rails, obviously you're going to have to play a lot of games in a short amount of time yeah. if you're going to make all these up. Uh, but just what do you think is one thing they're going to need to improve upon if they want to maybe make a run to get to Cleveland? Turnovers. It's been an issue all season. I, they just give up easy points for the other team, and then they kind of find this themselves in this where they can't catch up with so like little amount of time left. They just run out of time. Yep. Central Michigan men's basketball scheduled to get back in action on Tuesday. We'll see. Hopefully everybody within the program is healthy and, and staying safe because yes. obviously it's kind of scary now that we're going on like week two mm-hmm. of this whole thing. Um, yeah. So hopefully everybody's getting well. We're looking forward to seeing the Chippewas get back on the court. But for Ashley Berkness, I'm sports editor Christian Board. This concludes our first episode of Maroon and Bull for the spring 2022 semester. Thanks so much for listening and follow all of our coverage at cm-life.com.